This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Learning here. Uh, I'll just say one word. It's very, very rare that uh, we have somebody who comes who uh, I wait a whole year to hear the Torah from him and to, to be Messiahites. And so... Uh, let that be enough of an introduction. It's trying to come for us to have Rav Lapiansky uh, speak. We actually have uh, Rav Aaron Lapiansky living in Telstone, his nephew. But, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I, I was asked to speak a little bit. Um, I guess David Hespin or Moshe Shapiro. It's one of the hard requests, very hard requests. And I just said before somewhere, and I'll explain to you why it's hard. Um, to, to, you know, to be appreciate somebody who's big in a field, you need to be able to understand what the norm looks like and why this person has such godless. You know, to be able to say why one person is a bigger lambda than another person, you need to understand the world of lambdas. And it's very hard unless a person really, really lived um, in a world where you can appreciate the different nuances and varieties of, of, of Gdolim to appreciate the, uh, the bigness. And again, it's not even without, without modesty of saying, you know, I don't understand the goddess and so on. But it just even to try to describe as opposed to what? In other words, what, what, what am I saying? Everybody is a big tzaddik, everybody learns a lot, everybody's a big tam chacham. I, and I have to find ways to define it. And there were so many ways to define Rav Moshe. And see, it's, he was such an incredibly broad person and, and huge person. I, I, and so I'm, I'm really, um, in, a, in a sense, I feel kind of helpless a little bit. Um, I will... Just try to first just say a few words, explain in the in the world of what was a yichud of his. My own cash with him began actually in 1970. It was when I came to Eretz Yisrael, two or three days before Rosh Hashanah. I was standing by a cousin of mine. He said, "You know, there's somebody I learned in Harry Fischel. There's somebody there who says occasionally shmuzin. He's saying a shmuz. Wouldn't you come?" I was a young boy. I was just out of high school and young, and I came. I didn't know who the person was. It was a small group of people. I, I, I was floored. I, I, I mean, I never heard of things like that. I was a young person. But it's still, everything about it was just, just put me in another world. I wrote it down and, and, and so on. Ten years later, 1980, a friend of mine said that he's going to hear a shir. I was sick then. He came back. Hold on. He said he's, he's hurrying because he has to hear a shir by Rabbi Shapiro. I heard the name. And I went down to ask permission to come to the shir. And... I saw the same person that 10 years ago I just sort of uh, dazzled me and, uh, and, and, and that became my cash I started going with Shurim had more private type of, of Shurim um, he was an incredible Talmud Chacham but I, I want to first select the one area that he's probably most known for and then speak about something more of a Tchunas HaNefesh which will be more the point that we're going to talk about um, in, in, in his, what he, his, the area that he was unique was he had a tremendous grasp 
on the chalik of Torah that had become the emphasized yeshivas. We will call it Agarata, which includes Kabbalah, um, the Sifrei Mecha, the early Rishonim works. That whole, that whole chalik of Torah, for many reasons, had become de-emphasized. It, it was not only de-emphasized, but it was an alien entity. If you came along, if a person opened up a morale and looked at it, those words didn't seem like they returned to him. Tzura and Homer and Etzem and Pnim and Seichel Nivdal and Seichel Nister. It was like a whole vocabulary that seemed to be coming from, I don't know, Jewish Studies 203 in university. It had no Shaykhis to Torah. That's, that's, that's what it presented itself as. Certainly the world of Kabbalah. The world of Kabbalah was people who kind of looked very spooky and they could tell the future and they took a few dollars from you and, and that was what Kabbalah was. There was nothing there of Chachma. There was nothing there that spoke to Ventura. If you're an ignorant person and you're looking for a miracle worker, that's where Mukubalim come in. That was, and, and, and anybody in the yeshiva who looked at, at a sefer like that was, was considered to be off the derech. It was a little bit, our off the derech was a little bit different than your off the derech. You know, we, the derech is quite wide, and there's, there's, you know, there's, there's the shoulder, and there's the forest beyond, and, and then there's, there's beyond, you know. <laughs> um, and that, that, was, that was it. Ramesha came. Ramesha was a, a, a giant in, in, in conventional learning. He used to st- speak to Briskorov and learning all the time. He was a yellow chashumer of Blaise Yudel and Reb Nochem. And he was able to bring out those different Torah in a way, not only that it became understood by the Shiva world, it became a natural part. It was like the long-lost brother of, 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 of the long-lost twin brother of, of, of Nikola. There was something about the thought process. The first person who succeeded in doing that was Rav Hutner. Rev. Hutner, who was earlier, Rev. Hutner passed away in 1980, uh, approximately 1980, um, he was the first one that was able to do what Rev. Hutner did was, he took the ideas of the world of Kabbalah and Hasidus, he totally rephrased them in a way that he spoke the vocabulary of the Ramban and Rabbi Yonah and Rashi and Chazal, and he was able to give a whole world of meaning to my generation, and earlier generation, and I, that was my first exposure to that world, and I remember I would go to Futnas Mamarim, they, they were so uplifting, they were incredible, they, they really gave you a feeling of being in a different world of Ruchnius. Um, it was only, it was the Mamarim that was so intellectually engaging, there was, Futnas had the way he, he feared the Tish and everything about it, and, and it was something that opened up a Pesach for the hearts of my generation, to, to bring this Torah. Rav Hutna was very careful. He never mentioned the word Zohar, Arizal. He never mentioned anything, quote-unquote, off the derech. In, um, and, and, but what he did was he took the ideas and recast them in a vocabulary that was familiar to the Shiva world. Rev Shapiro, Rav Moshe, who was friendly with Rav Hutna, wasn't his Rebbe, but they, they had uh, years of, of, of a lot of meaningful interaction. His mahalach was, he took the vocabulary and began to explain it. But he explained it in a way that rang well. It, 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 a London would hear that and say, oh, this is, this is another stage of Lambdas in another world. Just like somebody who's learning 
Mesechtes and Ashenzikin, then when he has Kachim, it's slightly different, but he has the Lambdas, he understands the same thought process. Ramesha had that Koach, and he would speak out things from many of the other worlds and be able to, to, to integrate it in a way that really was, um, it, it, it opened up that world to us. Um, the, the, so, so it was me and thousands like me who he opened up, he gave the keys for that world to us. And I would say to whatever there is today of anything outside the world of pure halacha, or pure Musa, which is simply a, an urging of a person to write. But anything that's broader than that, between Afutna and Ramesh Shapiro, they were the ones who opened up that world. That, I think, was probably his foremost uh, undertaking. He also had an extraordinary personality, and besides being able to explain things incredibly, his words were very powerfully inspiring, despite the fact that he wasn't given to emotional outbursts. He was a very, a very balsechel, and, and the things that he said came across that way. It, there was no dramaticism, there was nothing dramatic in the presentation. Um, there weren't any, believe it or not, stories. There, there, there was none of the stuff that you would expect to be Maori people emotionally. Um, none, of, none of the things that are used. But the words were very powerful, very inspiring. And that's something I want to focus on a lot of the things that I'm saying are his ideas, um, and he, he, you know, come out everything that I have in this world, it's, it's, it's either the ideas that he put into mine and our heads, or the, the children of those ideas, or the, or, or the, or the brothers of those ideas. He, he, he was so much spear and so much of the understanding, it's very hard for me to divorce what I'm saying from what he said. Some of the points that I would make I believe he actually said, and I'm pretty sure I remember even which Tkufa, but it makes no difference. Um, even if it's something that's quote-unquote a Chiddush in mind, it's, it's coming from that Shorish. I want to start with a Gemara and our Pasha, and most things in the world do come up in the Pasha. There's a Gemara and Tainus, a bit of a famous Gemara, and Amalur uh, Abnachan Rabbi Yitzchak, Lima Mar Milsa, Rav Nachman Yitzchak was sitting and eating a Suda. Rav Nachman Yitzchak had a Yosef Sudasa. They were sitting and eating a Suda. Om Rav Nachman Yitzchak, Rav Nachman told Rav Yitzchak, Leimamar Milsa, let's hear the Torah. Two Talmud Chomas sitting, let's hear something. Om Alei, Hochem Rav Yechnan, Ein Mesichem Besuda, Shemiyaktim Kona Leveshet, Vyobli Sakana. You're not allowed to talk in the middle of a Suda, because maybe you'll choke, you'll be Maktim Kona Leveshet, and you'll choke on it. Bossed a sword when he finished eating. Amalei said, Hocham Rabbi Yechnan. Yaakovina Lomates. Rabbi Yechnan said, Yaakovina didn't die. Amalei, I don't stand. Vichi Bechti, Softus after Naya, Vichonta Chantaya, Vikova Kivraya. So all of those funeral, we have a whole description in the parish about his funeral. What about that? Are they going to get like a rebate from the guy because the guy wasn't dead? Like, what, what, what happened over here? Amalei said, Mikani Dorish. I'm dashing a pasuk. Shenema ve'ato al tira av di Yaakov numashem. Don't you Yaakov? Don't be scared. Valtechas Yisrael. Don't be frightened. Yisrael. In other words, either speaking to Kali Yisrael or to Yaakov Avinu Yisrael. It's a pasuk in Yirmiyah. Kihini mashachem irochak v'sarich me'eret shavim. 
I am going to take your children out of a distant place, Eretz Shevyom, from the from the country they've been captured in. Makishu Lazari. It's comparing him to his zera. Mazaro b'chaim afu b'chaim. Just like the children that will be redeemed are alive, so too is Yaakov in life. What does the word mean? More than that. I mean, so yes, it means just like Kalyasol survives, it's eternal, its memory is eternal, this and that. That's nice. It's a nice thought, not terribly deep. And the whole play back and forth in the Gemara, I mean, he was saying something jarring, <coughs> and he's like, what I mean to say is his legacy lives on and on. Okay? I mean, but he did die, and yet it's called alive. What does it mean? What were what, what Chazal trying to say here? I would also like to make a bit of a diuk. Shemayaktim kona leveshet. So there's a, there is a back and forth in this Gemara. It, it, it's a whole little conversation. I'm sure there were other things in conversation. I'm sure he asked him how his family is doing. I'm sure he asked him other things. The, the Chazal don't just drop in chit-chat. If they were dropping the chit-chats, the, the, the Talmud Bavli would, pay, would be thousands of volumes. You're talking about hundreds of people over, over dozens of years. I mean, he told them could eat. He said, so it could be Chazal are trying to tell us this halach of Amy Sichen. It could be its place. Rabbi Yechen's memory belongs somewhere else. This is not the place. I mean, you know, sometimes Agat, maybe. Or maybe it is something that has to do a lot with, with something with, over here. And, and, you know, maybe. That is... Um, the point that I want to that I want to discuss, come back to and 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 talk about. I ne- I want to take a look at the Rambam, and this in, in the in, in the Rambam, this it, is something that we learned with Ramosha It's a long time ago, in the in, in the eighties somewhere, and I can't. I definitely feel that the Ruach Advarim was 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 said. I, I cannot. Vouch obviously for the details. It's not important. If it's Emerson stand on its own, and I'm using it to describe something that I think is what I'm describing. The Rambam and Hilchas Deos deals with what we call Midos. Um, it, it's interesting that the Rambam chooses to call that Deos as opposed to what we call Midos. And there's a reason for it, I think. But be it as it may, that's what the Rambam speaks about. The Rambam does also talk any halachas in, in, in Hilchas Deos. There's one halacha that encompasses all of Hilchas Deos, and that is Lhidamos Bidrachov, to be Misdamek Baruch Hu. And then at the end, he has to be Misdabek to Tamilichat Chomim, to Avas Chaveirov, Tochacha. That's at the end. But these Prokim, where he deals what we call with Midos Tovos, that's the way we would call it, he speaks generically about a general. Being Doma Takarish Baruch Hu. This is to be Doma Takarish Baruch Hu. So the klal of all of this is to be Doma Takarish Baruch Hu. Kadosh Baruch Hu uses interactions with us in a certain way. And that's how we're meant to interact with each other. To copy Kadosh Baruch Hu's interaction with us. Mahu Rachum, Kadosh Baruch Hu generally is uses Rachmanis. That's supposed to be our default setting with somebody. Mahu Chanan, and so on. So the Rambam describes Divrei, um, describes Dibur, Dalit. The Rambam says a person should always be quiet and either speak only things of wisdom, words of wisdom, or things that are necessary. 
Um, as opposed to Sicha Betela, where a person just talks because he's, he's kind of bored. Baruch Hashem, today we have like iPhones, we don't need to talk, we can just sort of type and Twitter and text and stuff like that, so we, we've become a lot better in this area. But, but it, it might be that this includes also texting away and Twittering away for nothing or whatever they do, Snapchatting, I, 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 I'm way behind. But Al Kaponim, to, to speak only things that are either Divi Chachmot or or if you need to speak. So, so the content of things has to be Divrei Chachma. V'cheni says, even in Divrei Torah and Divrei Chachma, a person needs to be sparing in his words. And a person should not be sort of flowery and say um, and, and talk a lot to make his point. But Divrei Torah and Divrei Chachma, you Divrei Chachma me'atim, Few words, much content. That's what the Rambam says is one important aspect of, of Dibur. Fine. And a person should not talk off, off, you know, just kind of shoot off his mouth. He should think about it before he speaks. Vav. A person is not allowed to also in the Hanegat Medivri Chalakos Upitui. You're not allowed to say things that are flattery, false, not genuine. He shouldn't have one set of books for his mouth and one set of books for his heart. His inside and outside would be the same. And whatever it is that's in his heart, he should have in his mouth. You're not allowed to fool a person, even a guy. And the example is, if a guy comes into your butcher stop and he says, I want base Yosef Chalak meat, or Sheiris, uh, or whatever it is. You're not allowed to take something that's Mahadran Rabbanut and say, this is this is Sheiris. Um, is the guy suffering, is his Olam Haza, Olam Haba, Suffering because you substitute Rabbi Nut Mahadrin for Ada, Olam Hazar might be better actually. So, 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 what's the problem? What's the problem of telling the guy that you're selling this for this? I mean, this, this has nothing to do with cheating anybody. You're not cheating him, he's got a Mishagas, he's got a Mishagas, it's his problem. Um, B, if it does have something to do with cheating, it doesn't belong here. Um, it belongs. Uh, in 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 his halachas, I know there there is a set of halachas, a large set of halachas about fooling somebody in business. You're not allowed to. You can't apply certain things. There are a lot of halachas, and they're important halachas. And that has to do. And the reason is not because you're saying something. It's it's because you are cheating somebody. You're asking for money and for something that's not val. It doesn't have that value. He wanted. X, which is top quality, and it goes for hundred dollars. You're giving him Y, which goes for seventy dollars. That's a no. So this doesn't. Those are lockers. I'm not doing me the stovers. So why in the world does this? If this is real cheating, then why isn't it there? And if not, what is it? And then he says, Eloi says, Sfas emes So. And again, the Ruach Advarim Ramosh spoke, 
and he, he, we actually learned these halachs in Rambam. I certainly can't remember the details, and if I'm saying over everything exactly what he said, even if not, then then the fact that whatever it is that I'm saying is is also his product and may that be Um the, the morale says, in many places, he speaks about what is unique about Koach Hadibur. And why is that the Koach that defines Aram as a Medaber? The activities that we do are either physical activities, we, 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 we take things, we eat things, we push things, we pull things, and so on, and that's the realm of the physical. And we also do spiritual slash intellectual things. We think about things. We understand things. We're Osek in the world of Machshava and Das, and that is not physical, that's kind of spiritual, that's kind of something else. Those are the two activities we do. One has to do with our goof, one is to do with Neshama. There is only one activity that we do that includes both in, in, together. Yes, when I go and I push the table, it's because I said to myself, I need to push the table. And I sent a message from my arms, I push the table. It's cause and effect, but it's not together. When I speak, I have a situation where a physical part of myself is the mouth, is moving air and creating physical speech. And this speech that I'm saying is like a glove for the thoughts that I'm thinking, for the feelings that I'm feeling, for the spiritual part of myself. So Koach Hadibur is uniquely similar to the way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man. Every part of the Bria, the Malachim are Elyonim. They belong there. The animals are physical. They belong here. Yes, there's a little motor inside the animal. There's a nefesh. But, but not the nefesh of Adam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took Ophim and Adama and he created a guf, and that is as physical as anything there is in the world, same biology as an animal, same material as a wall and as, and, and as wood, it's, a, it's just another combination of atoms. And Vayipach Ba'apov, Nishmas Chaim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu infused it with something beyond, and that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Borei Adam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a being that is physical in its exterior and filled with Nishmas Chayim in its interior. And everything we do, everything that I do in this world includes in itself the physical aspect of it and the content. What did I mean to do by that? What did I, And so on. In physical activities, like pushing the table, it works to cause and effect. It's because I decided to push the table, I'm pushing it. And when I pushed it, I can ask myself, why did I do it? And in speech, I've come as close as possible to our Kaddish Baruch Hu's creation of bringing something into this world where the physical exterior and the spiritual interior work in tandem like a hand in a glove. And the Koach HaDibur is incredible Koach. It's more incredible than, than the mind and the Seichel. 
Because the minor seichel is totally spiritual. An angel is not an incredible being. He's, he's a spiritual being. Mafli lasos. The Ramos says, HaKadosh created something extraordinary. Is, 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 the, is that this hand and glove of the physical fused together with the spiritual. That's what Surah's Adam is. And that's why it's incredible. So Adam is an embodiment. As a person, we're an embodiment of, 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 of that type of Bria. And of all the abilities that we have, speech is the exact reflection of Bria's Adam himself. That's what speech is. And everybody probably knows the famous Targum that Adam, a, a spirit that speaks. That's Surah's Adam. If we're supposed to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu in two ways. One is, we use our knowledge and understanding to do good things. And that's a certain emulation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But in Koach HaDibur, the opposite is true as well. If we create words without a neshama, then we've created something not like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're creating bodies that are soulless, that don't have a soul. And that is a corruption of what Dibur is, and that is the opposite of a misdame to drochav isbarach. A Baruch Baruch's core creation is infusing a body with a soul. When we speak, we emulate a Baruch on that, and therefore, when we speak words that don't have a neshama in them. Then, 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 then we're making a travesty of, of, of that koach that we have, of Bria. We're creating shells and mannequins that are lifeless and soulless. So when we speak about Hilchas Dibur, you know, as the Rambam says, there is a Hizdamus Bidrochov, there's imitation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in the world of Maisa, and those are most of the Midas that we deal with. And in the hal- and in Dibur, there is also a halacha b'mistame b'drachov, and that's a much deeper type of mistame b'drachov than the first part. And the Rambam says, contentless Dibur is a falsification of the tzura that Kach put into the world, and that's why um, it is something that is so corrupt and so wrong in the world of being there are two ways in which we can corrupt that process if we're to ask ourselves what is the content that Adam is what's the soul put in us so Rashi says the Koach Hadeya the, and the Koach Hadibur. In other words, Chachma and what we would call heart, feeling, and so on. Those are the two elements of what we would call content in terms of our Dibur. 
So one corruption is when a person says words that are not expressing any particular chachma. My chachma expressed itself in 10 words. I used 45 words to express that chachma. So a lot of it is dead weight. A lot of it is dead meat. It's, 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 it's worthless. By the way, the Rambam lived true to what he preached. The reason why we look at the Rambam and weigh every word is because the Rambam's words are so sharply precise. If the Rambam adds extra verbiage, it's not extra. He means something. I want to tell you something about the Rambam's uh, approach. The Rambam writes in his Akdama, he's going to use the language of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, the Hebrew of Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Okay? In other words, the Chumash Hebrew is not enough to express it. The Gemara's Hebrew includes a lot of other things. The Rambam in his Akdama to Pirsha Mishnayis, when he speaks of Rabbeinu HaKadosh's greatness, that he had no peer in Chachma and everything, the Rambam adds one more thing. He had no peer in grammar and in understanding Rosh Kodesh. And he brings a riot from the Gemara. It's an incredible riot. The Gemara says that Talmud Chacham didn't know what certain words meant. And they would ask Amsei the Rebbe. They would ask Rabbein HaKadosh's maid, what does Chalogelikos mean? What does this mean? What does Kavano mean? What does this mean? So he said, what's the Gemara telling us? The Gemara is telling us that Rabbein HaKadosh was such a master of language that even his maid it could be Tamir HaKadosh would come ask Shailas and the maid in terms of language. What does this word mean? How is it used precisely? And so on and so forth. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to, to write beautifully and to have a, a command of language. I mean, does that Rabbein HaKadosh's Milas you know, he spoke a fluent French and his German couldn't be distinguished from a German speaker, you know, is, is, is this, this rank um, alongside with the other things? The answer is Divrei Torah, when the words are precise to the content, is part of the Etzim Mohus, the essence of Divrei Torah. Divrei Torah are living words, and if you have excess words, <coughs> imprecise words, when you have imprecise word, it means it's like you put on a jacket that's few sizes too big. So there's a lot of cloth that's doing nothing but dragging on the floor. It, it's, not, it's not giving out, it's, it's not presenting the person. It, it's just there dragging along. So it's like, it's like a part of the goof that somebody you know, added an extra foot or hand just sort of, uh, it, it is, it's, not, it's not an integral part of it. So precision of language, and that's why the Rambam's Lushen is so sharply precise. And that's why if the Rambam brings something down, we spend a lot of times on it. Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg once said, they asked him, how much can you be medayik, a safer? He says, direct proportion to with how much diuk it was written. If the person writing it has spent nights weighing the words he's using, then you can use that same, same amount of time to decipher the meaning. Now, if the person wrote freely, then you take it with a grain of salt and sort of get the general idea. The Rambam lived these words in his Sefer. 
The others from the Rambam were unfortunately for us written in Arabic, so it's a translation, and we can be Eric at it. But you can't sit down with the same scalpel and, and cut the, and cut the other as far as Rambam. So one thing is if it's lacking in the in the in the precision of seichel, words that have no seichel, no chachmatit, are are pagam. Their corruption of, of this Korah Hadibur. A second thing is, if our neshama is not in the words, we say the words and the words are true, but I don't really mean them. My heart's not in it. There's nothing wrong. If I compliment somebody, say, you, you're very well dressed, it's very nice, and I don't feel that way. Is it an avla? Is it terrible? I made the person feel good. I, I'm not, you know, I hadn't harmed him in any way. Is there anything wrong in the Benalma Haver? No. You, you, one might say that it actually might be even nicer. You made Prince feel good. You, you, you think he's dressed kind of weird, but, but he thinks he's dressed nicely. And I told him, you, you're dressed very, very you know, well or whatever it is. But if mine is Shama is not in those words, those words, as far as I'm concerned, is de- are dead. They're words, they don't have the Neshama coming from inside. The Kabbalah's firm, the Chesidah speak a lot about the Koch Hadibo coming from, as it were, a vapor from the heart, the, the Havla de Libo. It, what it means is, I put my very Neshama into it. Those words have a piece of myself in them. And if they don't have in it, then, then they're a problem. And that's what the Ramam says. The Ramam says there are two corruptions of Koch Hadibur. One is too much Dibur void of divrei chachma lolam yavu neshtikav leidabal bedvar chachma vafilu he says you know the divrei teira divrei chachma you divrei chacham meatim in your name rubim the content should max out in, in 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 a few words that's the begam of saying things without seichel to it things that don't have a mind to it. And then, Divri Chalokos Vipitui. The Rambam says, Voltia Achas Bepev Achas Belef. There can't be a bifurcation between the heart and the words, because then your words are empty words. The problem is not that you're fooling the person by telling him, you know, it, it's this or that. And even, and, and even when you lie to the person, he's not talking about the fact that you're cheating him, he's not getting the, the extra glad kosher meat that he wanted. But your words are not said from the heart. You know it's not right. So you don't mean it. You don't, if you don't believe it, means you're saying words. Those words are not what you honestly believe. Um, and therefore he says, and, and that's his had gosha, Ella, Sfas Emes, Veruach Nochon, Veleif Tormakal Amol Vahavos. The words have to be Emes with, with, with the full spirit of the person imbued in those words. So we have two types of um, lishonos, two types of um, two types of perfections, which is really one perfection of Korah Hadibur. One is Korah Hadibur is the one part of a person that has in itself the, the exact dogma of Akadosh Baruch Hu's profoundest gila in the world, and that is. To, to join together, to weld together the physical and the spiritual, the, the Brias Ha'adam 
is, is, is that dogma, it's, it's that paradigm. And we, of all the things we do that come close to Bria Sa'adam, is Dibur. Dibur has a shell, which are the words that I've said, and, 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 the, and just the physical vibration of Dibur, and then the Shama to it. And then the Shama, it, 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 and then the Shama contains in itself Seichel and, and heart and mind. And Dibur that's devoid of it to some degree is a chisarin, and when it has both, it's living. The Korach HaDibur, it says when we leave Naftara, we just read it in Asar Betavis, that, you know, Layoshev Devarei Reikam. My words don't come back empty. My words are there, and, and my Akash words have to accomplish. Because Akash Baruch's words have the life force Taviyach of Akash Baruch. They are words, but the, the neshama of the words is Akash Baruch's words. So a person who speaks words that are not alive, they have no seichel or no, nish, or no heart to them, those words are dead on arrival. They don't have a koach to be mashpia. Words that are words that can that that have in themselves the full life force of the person. The person put himself into those words. Those words are active elements, and they do and they do until they do. I do remember he said over Marshal from the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim said, when water boils, it can even drive an engine. When water is not boiled, it sits there in the kettle and does nothing. In other words, the koach of moving something is when something has in itself the full resicha, when, it, when, it, when, it's, when it's boiling, when it's, when it's totally in, in motion and, and doing. When it's, when it's, when it's cold does nothing. I think the Russian use was you can, you can toss it on a cat to chase him off. That's, the best, that's as good as the water is. It's not going to do much more than that. He said over the Rav Chaim. That was, uh, let's go back to the Gemara here. First of all, think about it. They were sitting in the middle of a Suda and talking. And he told him, you can't talk in the middle of a Suda because it'll affect the Khan and the Veshev. I think there's a little bit of a remise here. You know, if you speak from the lips outwards, it's got nothing to do with the Khan and the Veshev. You know, the, the lips are talking. Some people can, can talk while they're sleeping and they can, can carry on a major conversation because it's coming from the lips. It's, it's sort of like a, an automatic reflex. It's got very little to do with what the person has inside. He was telling him, if you want to talk, then it's going to come from inside. And, and, and you're not allowed to talk with There's a remiss in that halacha from its physical sense to, to some content. And he was saying something about Yaakov. He was saying, what is he learning up from this Pasuk over here? He says, just like his Zara Bechiyav, Bechayim, Afu Bechayim. It's going on a Pasuk that says, I will take your children out from a distance and, and your seed from the land that they've been captured in. It is the derech ha'olam that a person becomes his surroundings. Did you ever meet 
a second-generation Ukrainian or Italian America. I've never met one. I don't know where my dad come from. I don't know, somewhere in Europe. I'm not sure where. Are you Ukrainian? Well, just like you're an Englishman. If, you, if your great-great-great-grandfather came from Scotland or wherever he came from, it's meaningless. I mean, I'm an American now. I, I don't, do you want to go back to Ukraine? God forbid. You know, there's nothing, there's, you know, except if I open up, like, uh, some sort of uh, delicacy, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's been an Italian family with 100 years of legacy of making this particular whatever it is, pizza. Um, but, but, but that's about all. It's, it's the only time I make claim to the legacy. I, I don't make any claim. Why is it that a Jewish person who's six generations, I was once a roommate when I was a boy with a boy who's six generations in America, they stopped keeping mitzvahs five generations. And it was Chabad, was Makarvim, and the person is a big time commentary and everything. What happened? Where is it coming from? It's not, it's not, a person is where he is. It's like a chameleon. You take on the colors of your surroundings. So the first generation, you know, I grew up in, in Italy. I feel Italian. The language is strange. It's not me. Okay. The kid that's born in America and, and, his, and his son, I don't even mention that. It, it, it's not part of me. It's, 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 a, it's a shell. And, you know, the shell is wherever I am. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes back, takes us back in the Eretz Shevim, where we've been captured and trapped into from a faraway place, what's taking us back? The Teretz is something was put in us that's throbbing and not giving us rest and making us restless and saying we don't belong here. And yes, anti-Semitism, this, that, but at the end of the day, you, you, it's amazing when you go into a big world and you see people who have almost no shaykhs with Yiddishkeit and something connects them. Something, it's, it's, it, 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 it's, you know, even when they're antagonistic, it's because they need to, they're trying to get rid of that feeling. But it's there. There's something living that's beating, like another organism that's beating inside. He looks American. He, he, he is American. He's a third-generation American. He's totally, totally a similar society. And yet there's something there in him that's, you know, my grandfather came from this place, and I visited Israel this amount of times, and, and I'm connected to this rabbi and the other rabbi. What is it? Had we become Americans, Akash Baruch would not take us back. We'd be Americans. So if, if an Eretz Shevyam, an Eretz Merchakim, it's something that is, we're still there, that means there's a chiyos. Where does that come from? Each of the others had a certain midah. Avram had a midah chesed. And that's the entrance, that's the gateway to, to religion. Takarish Baruch recognizing goodness. Yitzchak had a voda. Yaakov's midah was emes. In other words, the words of Yaakov were the Ruach Nachayim, the P and the Lev Shavin. The ultimate Mizem is not that it's factually correct, but it's personally correct. If I were to get up and say, you know, something that, that I know is correct, but I don't believe it, that's lacking in Emes. Reb Levenstein was, I remember still. You know, Vega, I was, uh, I was already in Shiva a few years when it was Nifta. Some of the Shmusen were simply a bang on the shoulder and saying, there's a Rebbein Shalom and there's a Yom Adin tomorrow. And people would freeze and they would shake and they would change. If I were to say it, it I'd be wasting your time. Why? Do I not believe so? I, I believe it factually. It's just not, my Nisham is not in it. I, I don't live it. Rebbein live with Rebbein Shalom facing him. And, 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 and when he said it, he was, he was saying his self in it. 
I said it was a story recently, and I read it a, a while back. It made an incredible impression on me. The Chazanish was one of the giants who shaped our generation, our generations. He was uh, an extraordinary, he was a Shekhaimah Gavoya. He was an extraordinary writer, beautifully gifted writer, and a total inability to speak. He was, he would, on a personal level, he was extremely conversant and so much. He never spoke publicly. He couldn't, he wouldn't. There was one time they slept into Slabotki Shiv and they back to say a, a, a shir. He spoke for 12 minutes. He turned white and red and, and he couldn't. That was his Tunis and Nefesh. One of the things that he worked most for and hardest at was Shemitah. To make Shemitah a reality. We were so, we were so divorced from Shemitah and Chutzlaretz. Now to stroll, Matzah was hard and tried to make it. So he, so he, he, he um, worked on, on making Shemitah. They called a big kennis in Bnei Brak, I think, or Tel Aviv. And the Panavijarov spoke. Panavijarov was a phenomenal orator. And he moved the crowd. And then he turned to the Chazanish and said, say something. And Chazanish says, I can't. And the Panavijarov says, I'm asking you to say something. And the Chazanish got up and he said three words. Every single limb of mine is talking. And he sat down. Those are the three words he said. In other words, Schmidt is me. That's all. I, 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 you know, th- th- this, this is who I am, and this is uh, my total mitzvah is absorbed in that mitzvah. So the koyach of Yaakov Avinu of Emes is not just the Emes of <coughs> I didn't lie, the words I said are technically true, and so on. It's the entire mitzvah. Yaakov Avinu's mitzvah was totally. Um, his Dibur and his Metzias. And that's why whatever Yaakov was Metzavah, his children, remained because it was living, a living entity. And it, it, was, it was like the Dvar Hashem, you know, on, on Eloyosh of Reikam. It, 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 it keeps pounding away and it keeps eating away because it's a live being. It's something inside gnawing away at me and doesn't give me rest until I do what's right. So Yaakov Avinu is high in the sense that every single entity of Yaakov Avinu has Yaakov Avinu's Metzias in it. And that goes into Zarei, like and, and, and just like Zarei remain alive for the generations so when they come back again, so to Yaakov Avinu. If I can say something about my Rebbe, Moshe, um, I he spoke so many times in so many places for so many different people on so many different levels. And like I said, nothing of what he said carried drama, external excitement. His words were bursting with chachma. There was so much content Yes, he spoke, he could speak long, but, but it was mind-boggling, the content they had in it. And even though he didn't, um, even though he didn't speak dramatically, but the words were powerfully impactful. They, 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 they pushed because his own life force was in those words. 
his own his own metzias was locked in it. He, 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 his, he, his words were always with ruach nachain and leif tahar, and and his whole kolatz moisai was in his dibur. Yes, he had a beautiful command of language, an incredibly beautiful command of language, tremendous koach dibur. But that's that was a gift to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But his role was to be mezdamet to darke Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The words were full of chachma. The, 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 his whole metzias spoke in the words. He 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 backed off when people said shallow things and things so on. It, ugh, he he was kind of like somebody said something that was kind of trite and plain and no content to it, no token to it. If there's anything that turned him off, that was that. That was his his koach. He gave a generation, more than one generation, a chiyus of dibur. He he infused us with with that chiyus of dibur and understanding. And Mazar Bechayev, Afu Bechayev, so long as his words, not his words, his, his neshama in the words, his seicham das in the words, reverberates in Batimedrashim. And it's hundreds of people that, are, and maybe thousands of people that are Isaac and Harbats of Tayyar Yir and other things that are his Talmidim, and that he opened up their hearts, their minds, gave them words. Full of content and neshama to pass on, then as long as that chiyus is moving and living, mazar b'chayev, afu b'chayev,